Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Obviously very expensive for law firms to maintain offices. If a law firm doesn't hire remotely or has an in-office policy, they again are not going to like that. Now, if you are working remotely and the law firm does have remote type of work, then you need to highlight your past experience. And then the negatives, of course, are there's obviously limited flexibility. The schedules are more fixed and the location can affect the balance, meaning you may have spent a lot of time traveling, your cost related to commuting, insurance, having to have clothes that are presentable and hire when you have to go out to eat usually, so your food's more expensive. And then you're also limited to the geography you're in or what's close to your house. Like Los Angeles, you have two areas. You have West LA, and then you have where people try to work in firms in Century City and in Santa Monica. And then you have downtown that draws people typically from a different area of the city. So it's almost there's two cities in one. People that are on the west side would almost never consider working downtown and, and vice versa. You're limited in the number of places you can work. And that can obviously mean fewer opportunities. I mean that you may, it's much more difficult to work in other firms. Law firms, this ease of collaboration, a lot of firms will just not even think about remote. And they've gone back to full because it's part of the brand. They think that it gives them higher quality service to their clients, and they just won't even consider the idea of remote. And it's interesting because these sorts of firms, the firms that do it are are usually the same firms, the very best firms, and have cultures that really value in-person relationships. It can be a very good thing. Also, they have oversight, so they know who's working and who's not working. Um, I can tell you that I've hired um, attorneys that have worked remotely, and Often they will take meetings in cars, they're not reachable, or they forward their work phone to their cell phone. So they pick it up and try to sound like they're at work, but it's been forwarded because I can. And so it's from a firm's perspective, you have to wonder are they getting the same level of productivity? They're not seeing people in the office, so they don't know if you're really working. They also don't know your work style. So do you sit down and work very intently and aggressively, or do you? Are you screwing around and still billing hours? And they don't know. And then, but, and then, of course, I don't think there's cost savings from the remote work infrastructure. I disagree with that. But at the same time, it could, there's a little bit of cost associated with it. And then the other one is obviously there's costs associated with maintaining an office and its facilities. And there's just a lot of costs that go with that. If you think about it, you have computers, you have people having to maintain computers at the office, you have people vacuuming every day and cleaning the offices, you have security, you have all sorts of things. And so it's obviously very expensive for law firms to maintain offices. You have receptionists, you have all these people doing things that you wouldn't necessarily need in a remote environment. And then they have a talent pool, meaning they can only draw people from the region that they're in. One of the reasons that law firms like to locate in big central cities is because it's easier to attract talent in a market like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago being in that city. It's also easier to meet with clients if you have to do in-person meetings, but it's actually much easier to get talent because there's always a lot of people in major markets that are doing work there. And, And so if a law firm has an opening, they can generally attract a huge number of applicants to work in their office. And that's why they tend to be in larger cities. And then another con would be the flexibility. There's not as much flexibility in 
for, for people and, and that can create issues. And then this is an important one. And I will, by the way, be taking questions. And this is a live webinar. We'll get to those in a few minutes. But answering interview questions, law firms are going to ask about it. They're going to ask what you think about it. And, and they, you should know going into the interview. Many interviews now are set up remotely, uh, but you should know going to the interview what the firm does. You should try to figure that out right away because a huge mistake is assuming if the law firm is remote or not remote, that you can convince them to hire you remotely. If a law firm doesn't hire remotely or has an in-office policy, they again are not going to like that. Now, if you are working remotely and the law firm does have remote type of work, then you need to highlight your past experience. You need to say, I build 1,800 hours when I was working in the office because I had to commute and all this stuff. And now I'm billing 2,200 hours because I have more time. I feel like I'm doing better because I can concentrate. Whatever the reasons you need to highlight that it's a benefit for you to work remotely if you're asked about it. But you need to know going into interviews what the firm's doing. Again, I can't tell you how many interviews I've seen blown by people saying they want to work remotely when the law firm doesn't hire remotely. The law firm is thinking about going to another, going to a hybrid or in-office employment situation. The reason is, again, is because people treat working remotely as a, like, as a benefit or a fringe benefit of the job that shouldn't be taken away. If you get a raise, people never think it should be taken away. Well, a lot of times people are now taking working remotely as a benefit that should never be taken away. So law firms don't want to take the risk of hiring someone where that's a requirement they think it's necessary because why would they? The odds are if it's important you work remotely and you take a job in a firm where you have to go in, you're going to take another job if you can work remotely. So it's a huge risk for them hiring people that want to work remotely because it also shows that it may be difficult to control you once you get there. Law firms want to hire people that they believe will go there and be controllable and do what's asked of them and, and, and not be, have sour grapes if they're working remotely. So on your resume, if you're working in an office, I believe that you should you can mention it on your resume, but you don't have to, but you can often mention that you're working remotely if you're applying to firms that are remote, but you have to be very careful about that again. And again, I can't stress enough understanding your audience. If you don't understand your audience, you're going to get into trouble. I saw recently we had a big firm in Texas that was making a, had made an offer to someone and they had a Texas address on the resume, but then the law firm called them to come in to do something related to the offer. I don't remember what it was. And, and the person said, I've been working in, I don't know where it was, Miami or some city, some kind of fun city like that, or San Diego. And the law firm revoked the offer because they didn't, they felt it was misrepresentation for the person to have a Texas address when they really were living in another city. So you have to be careful of this kind of stuff. And you need to give firms the impression that if you need to, that you're actually in the market and not there. So you need to understand your audience. And again, there's also all sorts of relocation opportunities. A lot of firms will allow remote in big cities. And you know, if you're in New York, you could potentially live very far out in Long Island and do all sorts of things if you're working remotely and get the same salary. But again, it's going to depend on the firm and your skills. There's certain types of attorneys that have always been very popular, that where remote has been more popular than others. One of them is patent law. Like a lot of patent attorneys I've seen allowed to work at home really for a long time, for way before COVID. Yeah, let's 
dive a little bit deeper into this. Just let me see, remote job. Yeah, talked a little bit about that, legal jobs. So these are some of the legal jobs that are often most suitable for remote work, which should you know, things that someone does. And again, intellectual property and cyber law are two that tend to happen. And, and so that can work. Obviously, everyone's aware of the different softwares and things to, that can be used. And we talked about some of these cons already. And again, the pros, more job opportunities, which talked about remote work, often, often a lot of opportunities in the legal field. So I did talk about this earlier, but I really do want to emphasize it because I think a lot of people when you're looking at jobs on job sites, when you're applying to jobs through recruiters, when you're mailing resumes, a lot of times people think, I want to work in this city, I want to work in that city. But really, the whole market is open to you. This is what's so nice about this is there's lots and lots of unemployed attorneys. It's 1.4 million or whatever, 1.6 million attorneys in the country. At any one time, several hundred thousand of them are unemployed. So being able to apply to firms all over your state what you should do is a huge benefit. And you can get multiple offers doing this as opposed to just sticking with one market. And so we're, that's why at BCG, we're going to this kind of thing where we're identifying all the remote firms and then helping people apply to them remotely, which is just awesome. And then you can apply all over the country. And even in some cases, I've seen people in the US working for on documents like project for project finance and international arbitration and for firms and corporate securities and in firms in the UK and uh, Dubai and, and all sorts of places that they wouldn't be able to actually, they wouldn't, we would have to move to a foreign country. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And the most beneficial is if you want to live in a smaller market. It used to be if you wanted to, if you're from a smaller market and you wanted to work in a big city or for a firm that paid a lot in a big city or a firm that did very sophisticated work, you would have to actually live in that city. And I do want to give you a couple of examples of the benefits of working in large markets if you're in a small market or if you're able to want to move to a small market. The benefit is that most firms, when you get into smaller markets, will have more generalists than specialists. Your smaller to mid-sized markets, if someone is like a corporate attorney, they're probably going to be a corporate, general corporate. They'll do M&A, they'll do securities, they'll do whatever comes across, whatever the firm has. Whereas in a larger market, you can be more specialized. So there's actually career benefits if you're in a smaller market of working on matters in a large market because you become much more specialized. And that specialization can lead to the ability to get more clients and that specialist to charge higher rates and to make a lot more money in the future. I don't know that I've adequately explained that, but I'll just give you an example. If somebody needs a sophisticated and securities attorney, 
most of the time that securities attorney is going to come from a law firm in a big city, probably New York, but also Palo Alto. Maybe if there's some firms in Chicago that do it in Houston and Dallas, but most of the time they're going to come from a big market. And But securities attorneys, like very good ones, are always in demand. You can, even as a senior securities attorney, you can usually find something in a law firm or in-house, whereas a general corporate attorney is going to have less, less, more general experience, which is going to be less employable in large law firms. Their billing rate's not going to be as high most of the time because they're not specialized like a securities attorney is. And therefore, their salary will often be, or the amount they can make in the future will often be limited. And by not having a specialty that can actually do some harm to them and it will limit opportunities. We'll open up the number of clients they can get, but it will limit the clients to people that are interested in generalists and not specialists, which tends to be in smaller to mid-sized markets. The, the idea that, that you can work in a lot of different markets is pretty awesome and gives you the ability to apply to places. It also gives you a lot of flexibility. P- different people have biological or, or clocks or that, where they do things differently. If you're not in a firm that requires you to be online at certain times and it's just more interested in your hours, you can do things like stay up till three in the morning working on something and then get up at 11 or 12, take some time and then get up again. And so you can work the hours you want as long as you're billing that time. And that's very useful to a lot of people. Some people would prefer to be ready for the when their kids get out of school at two. So they start work at five, whatever. You can do the schedule you want. And that gives you a lot of flexibility, which is pretty cool for a lot of people and really makes the job more suited to you as opposed to the other way around. And it can be very beneficial to people who are parents. And like I said earlier, and it gives them the ability to work with their kids and their and everything more effectively. And then it saves a lot of time, which can be they can use for all sorts of things. Major cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, Dallas, the traffic is horrible. I've seen attorneys that work in Fort Worth and live in Dallas spend an incredible amount of time commuting each day. And, and you can obviously you don't have to do that. And then we talked about the cost savings and and then wardrobe. You can do whatever you want. We talked about the food expenses and then the ability to work in remote locations. And then, and literally live in places with a much lower cost of living and even a better climate. So all this stuff can be very helpful and improve the quality of your life dramatically. A lot of the things, it's going into work and and at a certain time, a lot of this stuff was developed almost in tandem with people working in factories. The same thing with kind of schools where a society needed to put everyone at the same level. And it's very interesting when you study this stuff, but the idea of being able to work remotely means that your life can be very much improved. And then for a lot of people, it can be very attractive. More of these. And then we talked about some of the drawbacks, but I just want to make sure I talk about a few more. It can actually have a very bad career progression, career results for you. And it can be much more difficult to to become a partner and to advance than it might, than it would otherwise be if you were in the office. So in order to explain that to you a little bit better, I want you to understand the way a law firm views an associate, like a junior associate, and and as you get more senior, how they view the senior associates. So long and short of it is if you're hired at a law, and we're not talking about all law firms, but most law firms and most law firms in large cities, if you're hired as an associate there, you're taking a risk and working in big law firms because a lot of what you're doing is you're front-loading 
your compensation earlier in your career. And what do I mean by that? I mean that your odds of becoming a partner are not that great, but they will be great if you make the right connections, you develop relationships with certain people, you have sponsors that have business that are willing to get behind you uh, when you come up for partner. And there's all sorts of reasons that it's very important to work in an office. If you're not working in an office, you don't necessarily have that, but the law firms are okay with that. The reason is because they need people at the junior level to to work a lot and hopefully not have any expectations of advancement for eight to 10 years or maybe longer. And, and so you're fulfilling the purpose of being a billing machine, which is just how the business works. But in order to move beyond that business, being a billing machine and to become a partner and to learn to generate business and stuff, in most cases, you're going to need to have a mentor. And that mentor hopefully will have a lot of business. And, and then when it comes time to make you partner, that mentor will sponsor you. And that mentor may have other people that they're close with that you may have done work with sponsor you, and that will help you get ahead. If you're working at home, those relationships that are important are very difficult to make. It's just going to be getting assignments, reporting to people, and and the firms are okay with that. They can always find lateral partners, and it's just and if you by chance start going out and getting business while you're working at home, that's good too. But these networking opportunities, a huge component of advancing your career. I know multiple people that when it came time to be partnered, didn't have sponsors or their sponsors weren't the right sponsors. Again, that could be uh, curtailed in a remote setup. There's a lot of statistics out there and I'm not going to get into them, but it's something like 80% of people that have mentors are happier. They make better career decisions. They advance faster and farther. They don't make the same mistakes that people without mentors make. And so when you go to an office, you're actually getting a mentor. And that mentor is hugely important because you cannot play God. Who's your teacher? Who's teaching you how to do things? And if you're just making up rules while you're at home, that's very difficult. But if you're in an office, you're getting all sorts of guidance on a daily basis where you're learning about how this stuff works. And hopefully you find a mentor and someone to help you. Being isolated, as I talked earlier, can really hurt people. So some people do need to have contact with other people, and that's important to them to be successful. It's very funny. I live in this city, Malibu, and there's a lot of, in this city, it can take a while to get to places even like Santa Monica during rush hour, it can take an hour or longer. There's all these people that have offices, office space here. And so you go into these office spaces and they're just single offices. And there's a lot of people that work at home instead of going into an office. And they literally are, were working at home and they have these beautiful houses on the ocean and stuff. But they instead, they go into these offices and work because they get to see other people and they feel stir crazy at home. And being in an office can definitely can get rid of those senses of isolation and being disconnected from others. And again, most of your happiness as a person and most people's happiness comes from your interaction with other people. And being in an office just allows you to have a sense of community. And that sort of thing is very important. In caveman times, it's not that important to mention, but it's interesting. Humans were in groups of 40 or they were very small groups. And if you were kicked out of that group, it was almost like you died. So that was been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. And so people genetically and because living in huge cities and is relatively recent, but you're genetically programmed to be with other people and to get a sense of safety and happiness from that. That's just how it's always been. And this is very important 
And if you're in a remote work setup, you don't necessarily get this. Lack of social connection means you, you're going to feel isolated. Your mental well-being can be affected. Most forms of depression and a lot of psychological problems are caused by not being around other people and because you get safety and comfort from that. And so being able to spend time with other people is hugely important. And, and you don't always get that when you're at home or maybe you're completely alone or you will start acting out and, and having problems with your significant other. All sorts of things can happen. And so that is something that you really need to be aware of that once you, your goal is to be remote, you may have all sorts of things that come up when you're isolated like that. And what is a prison? A prison is a place where people are isolated. And what is solitary confinement? When they put someone in solitary confinement, that's the worst possible thing that can happen in a prison. Solitary confinement means you don't have social interaction. You're alone. That's considered the worst possible punishment. So why is that? That's because it is. Being without contact with others is the worst possible punishment. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. And then feedback is incredibly important too. So if when every young attorney starts work, and even older ones, there's certain expectations of an employer in terms of the type of work that's necessary, in terms of what they expect. And in certain firms will require different things than others. Certain partners will require different work styles than others. And so you need to really get that feedback. And in an office, you can get feedback from people that you may not have any connection to that have worked with that person in the past and can tell you what to do. You can get leads of people that can help you with things. You can do all sorts of things to get insights into what you should be doing to improve. And you will. People, it's amazing how work quality can improve based on the contact you have with other people or how that work quality can go down by not having that feedback. And in a remote environment, and not getting that feedback is going to become much harder, and it can make it very difficult for you to improve with your skills and your job performance. And, and you may not even know like why you're not getting work in a remote environment. You may not have anybody to talk to directly. You just may not know. That can create problems. And a lot of times, information, when you get important information, it's very informal. It comes through different kind of channels, and you learn things. I'll just tell you an example. I once was working on a matter with a partner and three or four other people. And there was a girl at my age that in a law firm that was getting all these assignments and I wasn't getting as many. And, and so I suddenly started feeling a little bit weird. I was like, why aren't I getting work? Am I doing something wrong? And there was another partner that I was friends with and we were out after, after work one day. And I remember very well, we were sitting in a sushi bar. And I told him this, and he said, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. And I said, why? And he just said something to the effect. He didn't say it directly, but he said, that partner has more of a relationship with this person than you realize, meaning they were having a relationship. And at that point, I wasn't sad anymore. But had I not known about that and felt in trouble for not getting work, I would have potentially quit. Who knows? I was very upset. And, and that can create problems. 
And then again, the, the time management challenges can be happen can be difficult. Meaning, you at different times, you you may have a difficult time at home managing your time, and and that also can create problems. Okay, and then I talked about this earlier, but just when you're working at home, it, you're always feeling like you're at work, and and that can create even when you're not in the office, it can create lots of problems for you because you feel like maybe you need to always work, and that's not good, and uh, because you may suddenly believe you can work seven days a week. I don't know. Just as a, an aside for everyone, most religions, whether it's Judaism or Christianity or Islam, they all basically have a requirement that you don't work one day a week. It's part of the religion, and you do need that to clear your head. And that's, these are things that have been around in some cases for thousands of years. From a law firm's perspective, you have to understand their benefits. We talked about this earlier, which is the expanded ta- talent pool. And, and law firms can be limited by these geographical restraints. The law firm's job is to hire the best people that can. And by hiring the best people they can, they are able to have very good service to their clients. If they're able to hire people from other geographies that may be very talented than existing people in the market, that's really a big benefit for them. And one of the things is that clients do is clients are always looking at the qualifications of the attorneys working on their matters. They're looking at where they worked before, where they went to school, all those sorts of things. And so it can make the law firm much better. And then a law firm with very high, highly qualified attorneys can attract better clients. And, or the law firm could potentially reduce its cost uh, by hiring people from smaller markets where it's not as expensive and still charge high market rates. There's all sorts of tricks that law firms can use. And I don't call them tricks, but things that benefit them from a business standpoint. And then, and this can also mean that law firms are able to target people that are not available locally. And this is a real problem for a lot of firms. I get calls from firms like in Detroit, where they're like, oh, there's no, we need a securities attorney or firms in a small town or a smaller market in Indiana that may need a patent attorney where there's no one available locally. This can really help them. Of course, the overhead cost, one of the biggest costs of law firms is maintaining offices and then of course, utility expense, that's really pretty obvious. But these can really, these sorts of expenses, when they're lowered, can allow the law firm to pay higher salaries or higher profits per partner and or spend more money on talent, getting more better talent. And then, of course, a lot of people are much happier working remotely. I've noticed, and this is just from the law firm's point of view, that candidates that are working remotely or attorneys that are working remotely are far less likely to look for jobs because they like that flexibility. So it can also help with retention. One of the greatest expenses of law firms is when, especially large law firms, when large groups of associates start leaving after their first, second, and third year, it's almost a ritual. And if people are working remotely, it can definitely reduce that cost. And, and employees appreciate that. And it can be good as well. And then and we talked about the work-life balance. And then people that are happier are often more productive and engaged and loyal to their firms. So I did want to just bring up again, this kind of political thing I talked about where someone in a firm I was at had a relationship with another, a partner had a relationship with another associate that was on the matter that I was at. Obviously, that made me unhappy. If I was not, if I was working remotely, I never would have known about that. And think about all the things that upset you in a firm when you may be working in the office. And if you're able to get rid of a lot of that stuff, it can be very good for you. And just again, some obstacles for firms are communication barriers. So when a firm's trying to contact someone 
Many times the, there's no response. I see all sorts of games with employers and people that we have work remotely. Sometimes I'll have someone that I typically call uh, every day around two or three. And, but then if I call them at four one day, maybe one day out of a hundred, they're never there. So I realize that the person is not in the office and they time they're leaving and coming to office, the office based on that. So that can create problems. And then really being able to go back and forth with meetings and asking questions about things can also be, there's less of that. And then this can hurt the firm. It can hurt the quality of the work that's being done and it often make it lost. You can't often communicate effectively email. People are writing emails that you don't, the tone may not actually match how the person's thinking about things. So people can misinterpret your emails. You can get, law firms can get mad and let people go. I've seen that a lot of times because email was inappropriate. People may say things differently in person in a way. And these misunderstandings based on the tone of an email or something seen disrespectful can really get blown out of proportion and relate to a, a lot of problems. And then this lack of connection could ultimately hurt the cohesiveness of the law firm and, and impact teamwork and, and all that sort of thing. And then ultimately lead to decreased morale and, and hurting the ability of the law firm to get things done. There's people that, are, that take remote work seriously, and there's people that don't. I'll tell you one thing that I saw. It's interesting. I've seen people that, that are able to literally run businesses while working remotely, and, then they, and, uh, and they never would have been able to do that when they're not, I've seen people in big firms do this. I've seen people, I've actually seen people have work in a law firm and then another employer at the same time when working remotely. Who's to say, you know, that a brief or something you're writing that could be done in 20 hours that you bill 60 hours on while working another job. I and mean, people do play these kind of games. I see it in large people at sometimes in firms of different sizes. And then lawyers really will often worry about that, though people will be paranoid that, you, that are, you're working for, that you won't be there. And, and that sort of, and if you're not around a few times when someone calls or is looking for you, they will presume that, that maybe you're really not working like you say you're going to. And that can create problems. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 